everyone and welcome to another edition of counterweight i'm eric brazier and i'm here with joel goodwin of electron dance what's up joel hey there uh nothing 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 at all so today we are going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart and something that i browbeat joel into talking about uh playing and then talking about on the podcast the best game of 2013 game of the year 2013 the game that changed games forever yes of course we are talking about papers please no, I'm sorry. We already talked about that. We're going to talk about Bioshock Infinite today. And I wanted to talk about Bioshock Infinite. Joel was skeptical, I think. Right, Joel? Um, skeptical is, is, is understating the, how I felt. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the reason I wanted to talk about Bioshock Infinite was very simply, well, there were two reasons. Number one, uh, someone else had browbeaten me into playing Bioshock Infinite and I wanted to browbeat someone into playing Bioshock Infinite and I assume at some point Joel will browbeat someone into playing Bioshock Infinite and this is the cycle of Bioshock Infinite because you just have to... I don't want to give anything away but I, I, I think that once someone plays Bioshock Infinite and now I'm realizing Bioshock Infinite is a mouthful hmm. that you have to kind of share the horror of it all with somebody else or, or, or you will go insane. I, I think the metaphor you're really looking for, it's a bit like the videotape of In the Ring. Yeah, that's actually really good. I like that a lot. Um, so, and the other reason I think is because, you know, the less jokey reason is that uh, Bioshock Infinite, I think, is the game that pretty much encapsulates everything that is wrong with triple a gaming in 2014 go joel well um after i've just finished it a couple of days ago and i wanted to say i think that bioshock infinite is probably the most important game of last year because um i think the old adage is if if you can't be a good example then you need to serve as a horrible warning yes and that is bioshock infinite it is amazing um how so much hope and money and um, ambition has turned into something which is just i can't even put my 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 words around it it's 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 an awesome failure it's it's just surprising from the very opening moments you i knew something was wrong just walking around columbia at the start of the game uh, past the initial lighthouse bit, uh, I, I think it's kind of boring, but once you get to Columbia, basically it's like System Shock 2 with living people. Um, so you don't get any reactions out of anybody you talk to. You can't talk to anybody. <laughs> so it's like it's the same model, but now done in a real world with you know ac- active you know people who are actually still alive. And already you're starting off with this weird... You know, um, it, it feels like a very dead world full of living people. It's like, what's going on here? I can't believe they left it like this. Um, and just the smallest things, like there's a newspaper on the ground saying, um, Columbia celebrates. Oh, what about? You can't read the newspaper. It's on the floor. It's, 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 it's kind of teasing you. And it's like, there's a newspaper. What I would do is pick up that newspaper and look at it and tell me, what is Columbia celebrating? But no. 
we're not going to do that. It's environmental narrative. And it's like, that's not... If it's graffiti on a wall, maybe I can go with Columbia Celebrates. But it's a newspaper with all the information there. Information I need to know. I need to know what's going on here. And it's just so... You start to feel the place is so manufactured. I think one of the things that I found particularly glaring is the fact that it's it's a games are so much uh, especially shooters and stuff like that they're they're almost like set piece machines you know here's a really is an interesting set piece for you to go through here's a scene we set up and it's very designed and a lot of games do their very best to hide that and make it more of an illusion that it's a, it's a world you're exploring and going through you're not being managed or even played by the designer but Bioshock Infinite is full of this Columbia City, which is made of floating bits. And it's like they're, they're floating set pieces in front of you, like, you know, the um, um, God Only Knows um, barbershop quartet at the start. Um, it's like, here you are, here's, we floated the bit up for you, and here's another bit floated up for you. And the whole game is like, looks exactly how it's been designed. Where It doesn't matter, there's no connectivity here. We're just putting a level up here for you. Here's another level for you to go through. And all of these things, the roller coaster skyline—it just like this is this is supposed to be some serious game about I don't know, prejudice and the multiple realities and all that sort of thing, and they've they've put a bloody roller coaster in it. <laughs> they've even made one of the, the the gun sounds sound like fireworks, and it's like what has gone wrong here? It's like yeah, I see this ambition to make something very serious and smart and and beautiful, and over here we've got. Oh, the same design we're going through, same design loop we've gone through forever. And I was just, you know, even before I even got to the shooting, I was like, this is, this is wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, that was very exhaustive and, and thank you for that. Um, it's frankly astonishing how bad the game is. And, you know, I think what you're reacting to the most is, is the the world building or lack thereof and the sort of the way that the game feels like a theme park yes and sort of the way that the game feels like games that were perhaps revolutionary 15 or 20 years ago i mean you you mentioned system shock 2 which i think is is a perfect example i also think it's interesting because you know i like the game in the very beginning i think that it could have been something very interesting. And mm. what I find so aggravating about it is there's, you know, and I think that there's a great, uh, there's a great multi-part series on Polygon or something about if they didn't love the game, because of course I, I believe they all did um, about what exactly went wrong with Bioshock infinite and why Bioshock infinite is the the perfect encapsulation of of, of everything that is is wrong with video games now yeah. um but that's never going to happen because everybody loves the game because of course you have to love the game because that's the party line that this is the most ambitious game of all time and i think the real the real lie here about bioshock infinite is that we have you know pe- people that write about games for a living and people that review games for a living i think Honestly, I I can't, you know, I don't want to make this a podcast about everybody who gave Bioshock Infinite a good review, but I honestly cannot believe that they were not operating in bad faith. I I really can't. I mean, because, you know, you can have problems with the story, you can have problems with the narrative, you can have problems with the world building, uh, but 
the game parts of and i want to talk about all those things but the Mm. game parts of the game aren't any good i mean the shooting parts aren't any good the exploration is 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 frankly pointless there is nothing to explore there's nothing of interest in the game whatsoever your newspaper example is perfect you can't read anything. There's nothing. You pick up these audio d- diaries, which you know was something that that people were doing. Uh, you know that that Ken Levine was doing 15 years ago, um, and it really feels like a game that Ken Levine and crew were working on entirely too long. It feels like a game made by people who were given 100 million dollars um, and have not have been too busy making Bioshock Infinite for the past five years to play anything made in the past five years. <laughs> and you know i know i i know i i i i tell joel to play dark souls all the time but you know if you want to have a more stark contrast between how to do environmental narrative and how to do environmental storytelling and how not to it's those two games um there's just there's no i mean and maybe the the way to approach bioshock infinite is is to talk about those sort of like big areas you know so um you know let's talk about the world that is created first of all um it, it is a theme park there's there's nothing there uh you walk around you can't talk to anybody um you can't enter most of the buildings uh, why, why is any of this stuff here, right? And and yeah. I thought that original. I, I gave the game more credit than I perhaps should have. I thought maybe uh, at the first that this was going to tie into the narrative somehow, and that you know this was actually going to be a theme park, or this was actually going to be you know um, some sort of some sort of like facsimile of reality. Oh, or something. Eric, I'm so sorry. And it wasn't. It's just it's just poorly done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's it's that 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 the first actually I find it too long because I started to get fed up because the world wasn't really very exciting. Uh, it's just like walking down streets and having things floated up in front of you, and slowly getting more and more annoyed that I'm just supposed to appreciate how fucking gorgeous everything is, and it is. It is an absolutely gorgeous game. I mean, it's it's it looks so so gorgeous, and I was just like there were a number of times I just stopped and just you know, pulled over my wife and said, I mean, it's just look at this, you know? Yeah. But that's not enough. I mean, if, if, if it was a game about gorgeous looking environments that could work, but that's not what it is. And that's like I said, that shooters, some shooters outdo dear Esther in terms of, you know, how, how they work, you know, there's just like so little interactivity in a strange way. There's just like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And then um, some of the, you slowly get these mechanics sort of dripping in, which is so galling. This, um, they flag up early on, there's an honor system. Uh, you don't have to pay, you know, it's all down if you want to pay or not sort of thing. Or there's, um, am I right in saying like there's a basket, say there's an honor system here and, it, and it's almost like you can pay if you, if, you know, they'll trust you to pay. Yeah. And it's up to you whether you steal all the money out of there if you want to. And I kept on thinking, that's just a way to get around not having everybody, you know, chase after you every time you steal. Right. And I thought that was very cheap. And then later on, there are specific encounters where if you pick up some money, suddenly everybody goes after you with guns. (laughs) It's like, hang on, this was a utopia when I started and I could just like steal from everywhere. No one one cared because everybody was happy. And... Now, if I steal from a certain shop, everybody comes at me with hooks and shotguns and whatever. And it's like, 
all right, this isn't even making any sense anymore. No, absolutely. Uh, I think that's that's the primary problem with the game is that it 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 it's the epitome of things happening because they need them to happen, uh, whether or not it makes any logical sense or whether or not it contradicts anything that was established previously. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, to your point about the game being beautiful, I think the game certainly is, but you know, if I want to, if I want to see something beautiful, I'll sit down and watch a Terrence Malick movie. I mean, I, I don't need to play. I mean, certainly good looking games are, are, are wonderful and I, I like playing them, but you know, there has to be something else there. Right. And there has yeah. to be something else that you can do while you're looking at the beautiful, uh, the beautiful scenery. And there isn't anything else to do in, in, uh, in the game. There's nothing else to do in Colombia. Um, and, and frankly, I think the, the, the more galling part of it is, is not just the fact that, you know, the experiences that you have in the game, you know, sort of contradict each other, but, uh, I could not for the life of me tell you or draw you a map of Colombia. I don't know what it looks like. I have no idea how anything relates to anything else. Um, you know, I think part of that is the skyhook thing, the roller coaster, as you call it, which I think is a perfect uh, analogy, um, which is, it's basically just there to, to be fun and sort of horrifying at the same time. And, you know, I, I found that mechanic to be sort of, uh, pointless and aggravating. Mm. Um, and, and, and that, you know, it's just, there's, there's no way to get around in the game aside from set piece, set piece, set piece, set piece. It takes you by the hand, leading you around. Um, and it's just, there's, I don't feel like I'm playing a game so much as I'm, I'm, I'm just being led around, um, in a theme park by a guide. It's, it's hideous gating. I mean, it's so overt, uh, whether it's like you need, uh, Elizabeth to open something or, um, you know, here's the gondola to the next section, that sort of thing. And, and when you go around, it was the Hall of Heroes, was it, or so, Hall of Heroes with the 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 bit with the, the you know um, where you end eventually meet Slade. Um, yes. Was it Slade? I can never remember. Anyway, in, in that section, that's very much like walk this way, walk back. Okay, now we've opened this section, and now walk back again. And oh my God, it was just, you know, you never. I must admit, I never had much worry that I was doing the game wrong. <laughs> Just in the beginning, I thought maybe I'm skipping bits, and I did actually lose some of the tiny little side quests that are a few little optional side quests, like open the box, um, things like that. Um, but overall, I never got scared that I would. I just skipped an entire section. Or, you know, I'd wandered off down an alleyway and I was going to have to retrace a long, a long, you know, a lot of steps. Yeah, no, it, it, there, I mean, there's, I think it's frankly, I think it's impossible to do that. I think the game will, will not let you do that. I think that it's designed in such a way that it will not let you do that. And, um, you know, on the one hand, I think that that's, that's game design in a nutshell, I think, in, in, in you know, this decade. Uh, and, and on the other hand, I think it's, it's something that is, is unique to this game just because of the fact that it's done so blatantly and it's done with such a disrespect for the player, for the, for, for the player's, um, intelligence, you know, frankly, you don't need a brain to play this game. I mean, you can just walk in a straight line pretty much for, for the entirety of the 15 hours and, um, be, be done with it. There's, there's nothing, uh, that needs, me at a keyboard and mouse doing any of this stuff. I mean, I, I, I feel like I probably would have had a better reaction to the game if I had just sat down and, and watched a let's play of it, you know, because yeah. at least then I wouldn't feel like I was 
you know, I were I was just a, an audience by proxy in effect. Um, it's it's like it's the Stanley Parable without the funny. It, yes, it does yes all those tricks Stanley Parable you know makes fun of it uh, except that it's actually doing it for real. I think that's yeah, and I mean I think it's it and it's really interesting that you know the Stanley Parable remix and. Bioshock Infinite came out in the same year. I mean, because the fact of the matter is, you know, Stanley Parable is a game that came out. Uh, the original came out. I, I, I don't know exactly when. Do you know when, Joel? Um, oh, it was the original. A, oh, it's like gee, don't remember twenty ten or something like that. Yeah, it was. It was a few years ago now. Um, and you know, it was making fun of something that we all knew. And the thing about satire is that, of course, it it relies on a knowledge of the thing that you're satirizing, and so. <laughs> The, the fact that the Stanley Parable could come out four years ago and be making fun of these these video game tropes already meant that they were passe and already meant that everybody knew that they were passe. And now we have a game coming out three years later pretending to be, you know, sort of like the earth statement of video games. And this is going to be the most wonderful artistic game ever made. It's going to change video games forever. We're going to have, you know, New York Times articles up the wazoo about it and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and nobody seemed to 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 really notice the 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 disconnect there right i mean <laughs> it it's it's kind of astonishing you know and i i think what you know what i really what i really think about you know kind of the 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 disrespect frankly that you know ken levine and his team shows for the player i think that they think that the people playing this game don't want to play games. And I think, and I think that, you know, uh, if Ken Levine is so interested and, and frankly, you know, I was a history student, you know, I, I still like to read history. And so a game for me, that's talking about, um, you know, the boxer rebellion and, 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 uh, you know, Olympia and, and, and all these kind of things. And just sort of like bringing all of these, like, you know, and, 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 and Pinkertons and stuff. And it's like, yeah, this is all interesting. And I, a game is actually mentioning these things. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You know, this is really exciting. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just referencing these things is not enough. You don't do anything with them. You're not saying anything about them. And frankly, I don't know what he's trying to say about them. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I mean, a few things on that. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not that clued up on U.S. history. Um, I think you're all a bunch of convicts, right? Oh, no, that was Australia. Um, and We so, were pilgrims. <laughs> pilgrims. Sorry, that's very, that's very close to convicts, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> um, so the game um, throws all these things out, like, like you said, the Pinkton's Boxer Rebellion. And it does, it, it, it makes no effort to explain any of them. It, it's not teaching me anything about the history and i i must admit i felt a little bit it's much more interested in its own history how it's diverged and that's only very interesting if you know the original history <laughs> right <laughs> and, right and i felt like a little bit lost isn't the right word but i felt like i wasn't as involved in the alternate history because it just seemed to me like some floating city in the clouds um and that's all i needed to know and the rest of it didn't didn't really matter um uh, on the fact that um, I would think that what this game could be made is like Bioshock Infinite, the not game, um, and that would be a good game to play. I can see this as being like in this in the sort of like made in the way of you know uh, the something like Dear Esther and those kind of games where you know um, 
even Tale of Tales, um, just dropping. Uh, forgetting about the game, or like, sorry, so forgetting about the kind of mechanics of shooting and stuff, and have something we just wander around and explore a city and, and get to know it. And I can imagine that game being quite interesting compared to this one, which is, you know, gating you through events and things you have to watch happen and then saying, now shoot people. And that, that game doesn't work for me, but I can see the not game working. I also suspect that their original uh, goal for the game was probably very ambitious. I have a feeling they wanted to do something a lot more interesting in terms of how the player operates. But over time, with every focus group, with every test, they realized, oh, too many players are not getting that, too many players are not getting that. And eventually, safe AAA's walls collapsed in every single one of those ambitions. And you ended up with this thing, which was like, the ambitious ideas at the back have been turned into this, you know, just um, crudely uh, amputated. And you left with this kind of stump of a game. Yeah, I think uh, yeah that that certainly could be, and I think that's a valid theory about about why the game is like this. But you know, and and we can't forget that that you know, of course, Bioshock Infinite was uh, you know a, a multi multi million dollar game. You know, there was a lot of money riding on the the success of this game, a lot of people's jobs, a lot of people's livelihoods resting on the success of this game. And whatever we say here in this podcast, Bioshock Infinite made a ton of money and was very successful. Um, and we can't forget that, but you know, that, that excuse only goes so far, I think. And, you know, I think some of that can be true, but I also think you have to look at, you know, Levine's other works, um, you know, and, and, and especially, you know, the, the original Bioshock, which was so revolutionary for its time, but also had a lot of these same problems. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think there's certainly some of that focus groupy stuff, triple A stuff playing it safe because 2k games, you know, is investing, you know, tens of millions of dollars in an ad campaign to sell this game, whatever, whatever. But on the other hand, I think, you know, the ideas that come through in the game are so muddled. And even if you can see where they come from, and I think now we're starting to move into narrative. So we should give a, you know, if you haven't played Bioshock Infinite and you intend to, you know, to blanket spoiler warning, because we are going to get into probably some spoiler territory. Um, although, frankly, I don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> and and frankly, if you're going to, I don't think anyone is, is going to listen to this podcast and then run out and, 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 and you know, download uh, Bioshock Infinite. Um, so... I think, you know, in terms of what Ken Levine is, is, is trying to say, what we're left with is a game that, you know, you've got this whole thing with the, with the Vox Populi, um, you know, the, the basic conceit of the game. And as far as I understand it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you know, maybe this is a good opportunity to give a bit of a summary, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got a a Comstock who is this sort of, uh, you know, religious icon, uh, left uh, America to, to build this uh, city, Columbia to go up in the clouds and, 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 you know, create this sort of like, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it's fascist wonderland or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was built on the backs of, uh, it was built on the backs of African Americans and, and, and Irish and, you know, sort of slave labor and, and treating people very badly. And so, um, there's this movement called the Vox Populi, which is, uh, headed by this woman called Daisy Fitzroy, who, uh, it, it's basically the story of 19th, early 20th century capitalism, um, except in a ridiculous video game. And then what happens later is that uh, the character of that you're playing, 
um, something happens and you go into this, uh, into this, I don't know, like alternate reality. And, and the, suddenly the Vox Populi are the ones that are winning and they're, they're putting, uh, Comstock's people on the run. And it turns out that the Vox Populi are just as bad as Comstock's guys. And I, I, I don't, I don't know quite what Ken Levine was saying, but was I, what I was getting out of it is that, um, there's a moral equivalency between the oppressors and the oppressed because when the oppressed get power, they become the oppressors. And so you can never really have any sort of equitable society because there's always going to be an oppressor. And, and I, and it just seemed very, very, seemed very, very loosey goosey to me. And it seemed very, very, seemed very, very like well off white guy American of him to have this <laughs> sort of opinion and narrative about history. And yeah, you can jump I, in because I would, I would like, uh, I was, I would be interested in, in, in somebody talking about the idea that, you know, the, it, uh, with with the the right chain of events, the the oppressed become can become the new oppressors, and in fact, the the conditions are often you know rife for it. I mean, you, um, but I mean, I'm thinking about something like uh, Zimbabwe, you know, where where you know Robert Mugabe was like, was a hero, but now of course he's now a tyrant. Um, and that can happen very easily, and especially with so much rage tied up in these things, it can also turn into a sort of um, a sort of um, a reverse racism. Um, I mean, the the it, it became it was very popular to um, go after the uh, the white farmers there. Now, I'm not going to go into the the sort of morality of whether the you know, the, the the white farmers owning lots of land was a good thing or a bad thing, but that became more of a, a populist thing. He was uh, inciting uh, a rage and anger and actually sending you know goons out to. Uh, basically you know uh, do damage take over and and people got killed in the, in the process and i can see that there is a you know it's it, it can't the, if the shoes on the other foot then things can switch around but the game can't do that it's too short a time span and you're talking about the middle of a revolution where everything changes and people can get really angry and finally they have their they every dog has their day and they go out and just start you know taking revenge and that can happen that doesn't mean anything <laughs> it's 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 the fuse has been lit this is this is this is the result and you need to look at what happens after the dust settles before you can make any claims about what's going on here um yeah and i i, I take your point that you know there 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 certainly that certainly is something that happens you know throughout history and i think um you know if you if you look at at, at how um you know how how communism you know, spread throughout the, the 20th century and, and, and how it was basically, you know, you can argue whether or not the Soviet Union was actually communist or not and, and, and how true to the ideas of, 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 uh, of Marx it, it really was, but, and, and Engels as well. But, you know, the thing about, the thing about Bioshock Infinite that I find so galling is that, you know, it, 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 it sidesteps all of those interesting questions and it sidesteps all of the sort of, mm. um, it, it really goes for sort of, sort of facile answers and, and, and there's a glibness to it that I find offensive because it it it's not it's not even that it's not asking those questions or not not interested in asking the hard questions, but it yeah. seems to ignore the fact that those questions even exist. Yeah. And you know the the player character um, whose name I'm forgetting for some reason. Uh, do it. <laughs> do it. Yes. Thank you. Do it. Um, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Booker. 
uh, basically doesn't care. And he's just like, oh, well, the Vox Populi are now in control and they're as bad as Comstock. Ha ha, look at that. You know, didn't we, you know, Ken Levine, didn't I just make a profound statement about the human condition? Well, no, you really didn't, Ken. Like, <laughs> I like the, the, um, you know, uh, often, you know, there's uh, games like um, Half-Life where, you know, the, you've got the mute protagonist and the idea is the player will fill, fill the moral void and you'll make your own judgments. Um, and, and games sometimes try to, you know, tell you what they're trying to say. And this game is, you really feel that Elizabeth and, and Booker are actually supposed to be what you're supposed to be thinking. Yeah. Um, and so what they say is sort of the gospel. It is the truth. I don't feel like I'm supposed to think, wait, hang on a second. I'm not sure if that's true. Um, that they're kind of telling you, you know, Elizabeth spends a lot of time saying stuff like, oh, they're really as bad, as bad as each other, aren't they? And that's pretty much all the commentary you get. And yeah, that's it. There's no moral, you know, angst over how these people are supposed to get liberated without all of this murder. What are they supposed to do with their rage? Um, it's, it's yes. Then nothing justifies, you know, um, going back and slaughtering everybody left, right and center, but it is incredibly difficult to, (laughs) you know, head a violent revolution without violence occurring and all the baggage that comes with that. And I can't help the thinking that the, the two main characters are hideously naive. No. Yeah. I was, I was thinking that as you were saying that, I mean, of course, of course, Elizabeth is, is supposed to be, I think 17 or something. And, um, you know, she's someone who was kept in captivity for most of her life and, um, apparently does not have, I mean, I can't imagine she had a great education and, um, you know, DeWitt Booker is basically, uh, 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 so I want to stop it. Booker DeWitt. Booker DeWitt. Sorry. (laughs) Um, that wow i not it doesn't even really matter does it uh, <laughs> um you know that that the two characters are, are sort of uneducated and there's nothing wrong with being uneducated but you know they 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 are being held up as 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 like you said the the thing that you were supposed to take away from this game and i i don't get any sort of sense that ken levine is actually winking at us and saying haha aren't these people stupid like i don't get you know i don't see that happening in the game um, and in fact, the fact of the matter is, once the game is finally over and it's revealed that Comstock is actually Booker, what? <laughs> like, you know, it's just it it it's it it goes from being, you know, it 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 starts out being something that's interesting. I mean, you mentioned the Beach Boys moment from early on in the game god only knows and it's like what is going on i found that really interesting actually you know and i think the music in the game is one of the stronger parts of the game um but you know it goes from that to this whole other thing about you know revolutions and how bad both sides are and then goes into this whole alternate reality sort of fringe area and it's basically an episode of fringe only worse than fringe like and so you know, and then Ken Levine, you know, makes his other games part of this game. It it's it frankly makes no sense. Well, um, I want to grow back at that a little bit. I, I was actually really, I mean, the game offended me many times um, in terms of it, how it would just get away with stuff. I mean, earlier on, I said about the, the honor system and then later on, oh, you get shot at if you steal. Um, and the other one was okay, the Vox Poplar got the upper hand. So I'm thinking, what what are we going to end up doing here? And no, Daisy says, oh, well, my Booker do it is dead. So you must, you can't be him. So 
next thing you know, every single person across Colombia, every single Vox Popline member across Colombia, even though you apparently the hero, uh, have all instantly been uh, transformed into kill you, you know? Yeah. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. What is the point between the before and after? I mean, it's almost like the only difference is um, Colombia is on fire. That's the only difference. Um, because I suppose it might be a clever meta statement that, well, before and after revolution, it's all just the same, you know, all oppressors. But honestly, from a game point of view, it looks like you, you just didn't give a fucking shit about how this thing was going to play out. Because before and after, it's just a bunch of guys shooting at me. You know, the say, it doesn't even matter. The fact that someone got the upper hand, it's, it's made no change to the game itself. There's nothing going on here except different bad guys with, this, with the same, same bloody weapons. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you could have made a version of this game uh, which was very straightforward and just, you know, Booker DeWitt and, and Elizabeth running around shooting people for, for 20 hours without any of the, of the sort of like alternate reality, you know, bugaboo. And it would have been, it would have made absolutely no difference to the game as it played out. Right. And, you know, I think that's that's kind of the most damning indictment of the, of the narrative of Bioshock Infinite of them all is that none of it matters. You know, yeah. and, and, and it, it just, it's, it's the most, I think, uh, uh, insulting part of, of, of the, of the whole experience is that you have this narrative basically thrown in your face and yelled at you for 20 hours or 15 hours, um, and how wonderful it is and how profound it is and how everything is, you know, how choices matter and blah, 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 and all these kind of things. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the game doesn't seem to realize that it is contradicting itself at every turn. I mean, like that. Um, I think I was very insulted by the by the drawn out plot of um, the airship trying to get the airship. Um, oh yeah. You know. Oh, now you got to go. Okay. Now Daisy has the airship. Now you have to get some weapons. Okay. Now the gunsmith is 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 being captured. Go and get the gunsmith. Oh, okay. We'll move into another reality where he might be alive. And now you have to go and get his tools. And it's like you've got to be kidding me. This is this is how we're going to get off Columbia. That we're supposed to follow the orders of their the head of Vox Popli. It's just so so terrible. It's just un- unbelievable. It was so kind of like scripted, um, you know, typical scripted design where you know do this mission, do that mission, you know, fetch quest basically, just to get you to walk around. And it was so horribly obvious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know, there's 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 no quest in the game. There's no sort of like driving narrative force in the game that 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 is anything that is other than a blatant, uh, obvious attempt to 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 pad the game in some respects, right? I mean, there there's no reason for for most of what happens in the game. And frankly, I think that you could have made a version of Bioshock Infinite without any of the shooting, and it wouldn't mm-hmm. have mattered either, right? And I mean, we haven't really talked about the 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 fact that it's a first person shooter, but you know. I find maybe this is a good opportunity to bring that up because I, I, you know, it's, it's very incidental to, to the game itself. I mean, the shooting parts of it, I think are, you know, possibly arguably even more pointless than the narrative itself or, or the world. I mean, I think there's no bit I really enjoyed the shooting, I think was, um, the, the bit on the, the Zeppelin at the end, um, where I actually found it quite challenging and I had to go through that section a few times and, I, I actually kind of enjoyed that a bit. It was a little bit frustrating, but it was the only bit where I started to think about what's the best way to tackle a situation. 
and I learned as I played it again and again. But the rest of the game was pretty much just shoot, shoot, shoot. Okay, I got killed. You know, oh, I'm resurrected. Shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> you know, until they're all gone. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, if there's one thing about the the sort of game, quote unquote, parts of, of Bioshock Infinite, it's that um, they're all set pieces. And I think you know, it's it's not a game so much as it is a is, is a series of set pieces. And all of the all of the shooting parts of the game are basically set pieces. I mean, certainly there are parts where you're being chased, or certainly there are parts where you're walking around and being shot at. But you know, for the most part, they're all just these huge set pieces. And then once they're over, the little clear stage music plays and you know you're safe again yeah i i wish games would stop doing that a number of times you could be easily surprised by music not playing up and 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 giving you cues as to when you can calm down it's like come on it'd be so much more fun if you didn't do that to me yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know, again, I think, I, you know, I have to keep going back. I mean, I, I, for some reason, I keep comparing Bioshock Infinite to, to, to Dark Souls for some reason. But, you know, <laughs> Dark Souls is just such an amazing game in the way it, it, it puts you on edge all the time. Um, and the game is so long. I mean, you're you, that game is incredibly tense and it's incredibly tense for 80 hours. Right. And that game is a hell of a lot of fun. It's certainly a lot more fun than Bioshock Infinite. Um. Maybe we should switch to talking a little bit about the um, the tears, which is something I guess we, we were leading up to, the multiple reality stuff, where we go from this revolution storyline and meshes into this multiple reality thing. And, oh dear God, I had so many problems with that. I mean, initially, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I wanted to know more about it. There was stuff going on, obviously, that the game was kind of hinting at you, sometimes not in a particularly subtle way. It was a story without thimble. <laughs> you know? and, uh, right. But there was other things where it's quite obvious there are some pieces here and they don't fit or uh, you can't figure out how they fit and you're missing something. Um, and that, I find it compelling. I found that the bit where I kind of met Elizabeth for the first time was kind of interesting because it's like, what's going on here? But they didn't seem to work out. And some people probably would say, actually, no, it's pretty obvious, Joel. It's just quantum mechanics. <laughs> um, Those people can write us <laughs> emails and, and explain it to us. Yes, yeah, I have a spam, spam, uh, spam filter too. Um, there is, the game had not decided this multiple reality thing, whether it was multiple realities or changing a single reality. Do you know what I mean? Whether Yeah, no, I do, yeah. And she was even ambiguous about it, uh, about about whether she was making things happen that she wanted to happen or whether she was just seeing another place. Right. And the problem with that is the game doesn't know either and uses it either way it feels like, all the way through to the end. So, you know, you can pull up things out of, you know, this, she's always, um, Elizabeth is pulling things from other realities for you. Here, I'm just putting this here and putting this here. That's great. You know, no no, no cause and effect going on here. And um, then later on, it's like, actually, no, you are Comstock. Well, you're not actually. That's Comstock. That's you from another reality. So why do you need to get drowned at the end of the game? Because right. you're not that Comstock. Well, hang on. Are you, well, you're putting me into that reality and then drowning me. Why do you need to drown me? We just saw like about 10 different Book of DeWitts float, floating around. And why am I the one who needs to get, get you know, um, drowned? And also, we suddenly, right at the end, we suddenly start to see lots of different Elizabeths as well. I was like, if this, and the, 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 the um, what's it called? The Lutess 
twins. Um, and they just pop up whatever the game finds it convenient. And they just... You should be seeing a lot more cross... You should see a lot more traffic across the worlds. If, yeah. Rather than just... Like, it's a it's a linear game. You see people where you're expected to see them. But if it's such as, as if it's as chaotic as the game le- lets it lets it, makes it sound, that means you should be seeing travelers across the boundaries of the realities all the time. But no, it's like they they've got this thing. Oh, we've done this many times before. It's like, well, why why don't why isn't there anybody else here then? <laughs> and then they go from alternate reality into oh, by the way, time travel is just just it's almost the same really right where, where did the time travel just jump into it from yeah exactly I mean, yeah i mean I, I i'm totally with you and i i don't know how much sense we can really make of it because i don't know that 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 there is sense to make out of it really um and i think frankly you know a large part of this is just the fact that um you know ken levine and team wanted to uh shock the player by showing them that you know in in one version of Paris in 1980 it was called uh, or in 1983 it was called Revenge of the Jedi instead of Return of the Jedi and it was like wow what the hell is going on and then you know it's like then it goes into this whole I mean I really think that's it you know I really really think that they just had this idea that you know um, we're going to show you alternate realities but we're also going to show you like one reality um, because whatever the plot demands is what sense we're going to make out of it. And, you know, I think that there could have been interesting things they were saying about, you know, the fact of the matter is Elizabeth doesn't understand what she's doing and Booker DeWitt doesn't understand what, mm. what, what, what she's doing either. And, you know, I think that there could have been, you know, I think if there was some humbleness to the game and I think if they had uh, actually thought about the fact that if, if, if these characters uh, had come from an organic place and if their confusion had come from an organic place and if the, the people that wrote the, 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 the narrative of this game had any sort of sense of narrative cohesion or, 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 or narrative flow, it would have made a lot more sense for the game to be more about Elizabeth and Booker DeWitt's confusion about what exactly is going on than anything else. And the game is too focused on coming up with a satisfactory ending or some sort of satisfactory conclusion. And frankly, in love with its own narrative. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, at the very end of the game, uh, you show up in Rapture from Bioshock for 30 seconds. I mean, there's no reason for that whatsoever, except that Ken Levine wants to, um, you know, revisit that for, for for whatever reason, because it's shocking or because people have fond memories of it or, you know, whatever. Um, it's just, there's no, there's no sense of, there's no sense of like respect, you know, really. And there's no sense yeah. that the story needs to make any sense because after all, it's just a video game, right, Joel? I felt like it was trying to manipulate my emotions, you know, the way games do sometimes where like it used to be more obvious, like um, we're going to, you know, kill off the sidekick character or something like that. And like, oh God, I was so used to wandering around with that sidekick character. Now I feel terrible loss. Right, right. And, and the game... It's basically trying to set you up for something that feels so uh, important um, and, and these terrible revel- re- revelations at the end. And I just found them so muted because I'm thinking, I have no idea whether I was supposed to have done these things or whether now I'm remembering them because I moved into a different reality where I didn't do them. And it's like, we're shifting from reality to reality. So how do I know any of these things are actually happened or not? Um, and it's, it's like... 
And if I'm having problems with this, you can imagine the, the ordinary person is just supposed to go, wow, it was kind of mind-bending at the end, wasn't it? And it's it it's that thing you're talking about, really. It's no respect for... It's just supposed to, supposed to evoke a certain kind of like... Uh, awesomeness oh wow it just kind of went kind of crazy at the end there what was going on there and it's just it's not good enough it's not good enough it's it's over convoluted it is deliberately trying to you know confuse the player when everything about the game had really been like oh uh, you pick up a gun you you point it sir and this vigor will how you let you do this and and everything is so kind of like laid out for you this for every every time you get to a new section, it's like they've got a nice set of uh, jammies for you to put on. It's nice and comfortable here, sir, isn't it? It's 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 very easy. You shouldn't get confused at all. And the story beats are so obvious. Oh, by the way, these are racists. Uh, right. And then at the end of the game, it's like ah, oh, it's always about a lighthouse. It's always a it's always a man. Oh, oh, what? And it's just uh, some of these conceits are like. It's it, it's ridiculous. You can't go from I'm holding your hand all the way through into and now David Lynch comes into the room. <laughs> well, I think you know there there's something here, right? I mean, because the fact of the matter is, uh, the game did get amazing reviews, and a lot of people really praised the story for being a, a complex, right? And um, what what is really galling about that is that you know. Uh, I mean, you know this because you're a writer. Uh, I mean, I know. I, I mean, you know, like stories have the best stories have roles and sort of, you know, plots have to have roles and, and they need to have some sort of like uh, 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 structure behind them or else they, they don't make any sense and they're just full of cheats. Right. And yeah. this is a game that and this is a narrative that is just full of cheats. It's full of. I don't even know that they have any rules in mind for what they were doing. And frankly, it's, it's obfuscation as quality. Um, it's the school of thought that thinks that a really long book must be really good for no other reason than it's really long and it has a lot of words or a very complex narrative is, is really good just because of the fact that it's complex. And, you know, that's just not true. Yeah. I just, I don't like the, the, the overall sense of it that it, it's basically just trying to trigger emotions of some kind uh, I like the the last of us I see this in video games an awful lot and a lot of uh, cheap TV um, you know uh, crappy science fiction programs well I'll just invent some special um, I don't know someone's got a special power or some weird device will just make something happen so that people have to confront their emotions or something. Oh, and now I can, I can feel the thoughts in your head. I never realized you always loved me. Well, that kind of saved a whole series of people, you know, having angst about their emotions. And, uh, it's like shortcuts to making, making the audience feel something. I didn't like the la- the end of the last of us, which I haven't played, but I've, I've, I've seen a lot of YouTube of, which, which throws a similar trick out. Oh my gosh, that's so terrible that, that 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 this needs to happen. No, no, look, they wrote it so that would happen. There's no, that you have no knowledge that this thing is going to happen until you get to the end of the game. Well, as far as I can tell, because I've not played it. <laughs> right, right. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's just about manipulation. I feel manipulated. It feels a little bit dirty. And yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not completely with you on that just because I don't really have a problem with my emotions being being manipulated if, they're, if it's done in a quality sort so of way. I guess you know? I, should, I mean, should come back. It's not uh, all writing is manipulation to some extent. Yeah, yeah. But it's the fact that it's 
it's so kind of it's not very subtle it's it's kind of it's very crude you know um too many you know weird sci-fi tropes chucked into the blender just to get a desired outcome and you know what i bet you wouldn't expect him to feel this about elizabeth or booker or comstock at the end because no that would never happen in any other story ever well it's kind of, i mean you know the whole the whole game feels like um you know cooking with a seven-year-old and the seven-year-old really messes everything up but it's like wow didn't i help you and it's like yeah you were great you did a great job look at this meal you made and it's like I, didn't i do a great job look at this complex narrative i made about slavery and 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 black people and and guns and i put you know racism in it and i put the pinkertons in it and i put chinese people in it and you know I, I put uh, uh, socialism in it and I put money in it and I did all these things and it's, 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 you know, directly uh, relevant to the 21st century world we live in. And didn't I do such a great job? And everyone says, yes, you did a great job because we don't expect anything better out of video games. <laughs> I think it unnerves me more because the kind of, the sort of narrative of Bioshock Infinite is the kind of story that I am attracted to writing um, you know, lots of uh, uh, generally straightforward story plotting, then all fucks up with some crazy mind shit at the end. You're thinking, what the hell did I just read? And that's the kind of thing I'm attracted to writing. God, God knows why. And so <laughs> I find it unnerving that, oh, well, this is something I should like. And oh, God, no, I don't. What does that mean? Does this mean that it's just a bad implementation? Or does it mean this kind of idea is just a little bit too, you know, uh, God from the machine. No, I, I, I think it's just a bad implementation, right? I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that kind of story. I mean, what you're talking about is, is, is something that's done a lot of times throughout all kinds of mediums. And it's just, you know, it's just this, uh, you know, don't discount, you know, I don't, I don't want, I don't want Bioshock. If you come away from Bioshock infinite thinking that, you know, the type of um, the type of story that you like to write and the type of, of, of story that you like to read or watch or whatever is, is bad. <laughs> don't do that. I mean, that's, that's Stockholm syndrome. Oh, Joel, like better now. Thank you. Eric. <laughs> Having more about for 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bad game that's all there is to it um i wonder if um we should try and talk about things we liked about it because um it's i must admit i've come away from the game feeling quite, quite angry it's, it's a it's a it's a strange feeling the more i i went off and read a lot about the game about you know how the narrative can explain be explained all the different bits and pieces of the storyline kind of makes sense when you when you arrange the bits together and i thought yeah i can i guess that's kind of clever but it still hand waves away a lot of the kind of like you know what do multiple realities mean uh, why did time travel come into it etc etc um and maybe maybe we need to talk about other things about it we liked calm, um, calm down have a nice kind of i want to have a cup of tea or something I liked when it ended. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that, you can't, that's not good. You can't do that. Is that a cheat? Okay, I'm sorry. It is, it is. Uh, that's a bit of a, a bit of a storytelling uh, cheat there. I mean, what I liked, I mean, okay, there's a, there's a couple things I liked about it. I think number one, it is a gorgeous game, right? It, it yeah. looks amazing. The money is there. The money is on the screen. Uh, 
it, it's a fantastic looking game in all respects. And I think, you know, the, the concept behind Columbia is, is very intriguing, right? Like the, just this floating city. Um, it, it, it looks interesting to me. Um, aside from that, I, I don't, I don't know that there's much about it that I really liked. I mean, <laughs> the one, the one, uh, vigor or whatever. I mean, we didn't even talk about why vigors are in the game for, for no apparent reason, aside from the fact that they were in Bioshock. Yeah. Um, apparently that, I mean, there, there seems to be a lot of suggestions that a lot of the things that appear in the game, which are Bioshock, like, are meant to have been, you know, spotted, you know, gathered through tears, you know, um, like the music the Vigors were probably, uh, copying, um, t- um, the guys from, from Bioshock who were using Adam and the handyman was probably a copy of the, um, Oh, big daddy from Bioshock, which they saw I through mean, tears. I mean, okay, but, but unfortunately you it's, know- it's getting away what they've actually done there. They've had, this is a really nice, neat explanation for why we're just reproducing the same game. And it, it's yeah. just a bit too rubbish. <laughs> it's not good and my, enough. And, you know? and, and my, and my problem with why Vigors are in Bioshock Infinite doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that Vigors are in Bioshock Infinite because whatever. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no logical like fallout from the fact that Vigors are in Columbia. You know, because if you looked at the way Vigors affected Rapture from Bioshock, you know, everybody used them. It, 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 you know, it, it was, a, it was a problem. And in this game, it doesn't seem like anybody uses them except you and a mm. couple other people that you kill along the way. Um, there's, mach- there's, there's vending machines that sell them and all these kind of things. And there are vending machines that sell bullets and stuff. And that made sense in Rapture because Rapture was, you know, uh, Ayn Rand's wet dream of, of, of unfettered capitalist libertarian utopia, mm. you know, gone to the nth degree. But Colombia is supposed to be a tied down sort of religious fascist society. So it, it makes absolutely no sense that this stuff is in the game. Um, <laughs> We were supposed to talk about things we liked, so I think we yeah, failed. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I was going to start saying about like, yeah, why, why, why everybody? These vigor machines are everywhere, but no one else is using vigors except for firemen, which is ridiculous because it's, these houses are made of wood. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um, God help us. God only knows I liked- when this podcast is going to be over. <laughs> I, I, I eventually it will be unless we go through a tear and start it all over again. Um, I was about to say before we got onto that little tangent about vigors is that I like the one vigor where you, that's the water one and you pull the guys forward and then you shoot their heads off. I like that. That was good. <laughs> and aside from that, I can't really tell you anything I liked about the game. I think I kept on using possession all the time. Uh, I, I used that pretty much most of the time. I, I did use some of the others. I used the, the, the Ravens one a lot. Oh God, the game is violent. It just seems a bit over the top. Especially yeah, the, the game is has the murder scene at the end where you have no no control. <laughs> this isn't something I liked where suddenly like, oh, we're going to kill Comstock. Bang, bang, bang. What the hell? Stop, stop. I want to know what's going on. You've done it again. It's the newspaper all over again. Here we are. Here's a newspaper yeah. saying Columbia celebrates and we kill Comstock. <laughs> Just, oh. But what did you like about the game? Yes. Bro? There were some set pieces I did like. Um I, I liked, um, I, I kind of, I was, I was nervous about whether the game had lost the plot when we went over to Comstock House 
and it was like all this, um, you know, weird little guys and going uh, with all the uh, president's heads on. I thought, what the hell is going on here? Why has Comstock made a place like this? And then there's this, you know, revelation right at the end of it that, oh, no, you're, um, was it 80 years in the future or something? Um, yeah. And which admittedly is a, you know, again, it's a cheat. But it was nice in that scene where New York is being attacked. Um, I really liked it. And it was just a lovely set piece. Um, and it was quite, and it just, it just ended, gone. Okay, we've done our bit now. And I, I really liked that. They didn't explain what was going on in Comstock House. But it was twisted enough. It, it didn't, they didn't need to explain it. That was, I was happy with that. I also liked the, um, the bit where Songbird died. That was um, kind of nice. And I like the fact that, you know, when, when Elizabeth has has her powers unfettered, then everything in front of you can change within a wink of an eye, which is exactly the kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of like the fact that she had that kind of power and it wasn't going to be all like little little bits of fireworks. It would just go bang, bang, bang. You wouldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. But Well, I think that's... But, but, uh, think that's... Also, also, I like the fact that you plunge off Columbia... Um, when you're saving Elizabeth and Songbird goes after you. And for a, a little while, you think you're on a, you're on a beach. You've actually got off Columbia and you haven't. Um, and I like that kind of little play uh, there that when you're a, bit, a little bit fooled that, um, well, where, where are we going with the game now, now that we've got off Columbia? And, oh, no, it's an artificial beach up in the sky, which uh, didn't really make any sense. But I like the fact that I was fooled for a little while. I think that's yeah. I think that's true. Um, and I think the 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 maybe the the, the bottom line here is that um, there are little moments in the game that work, but the whole thing doesn't work basically, and it's a mess. And maybe maybe if they just didn't have as much money to make the game, maybe it would have turned out better. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of this is a self-fulfilling prophecy because everybody was watching this so ravenously for, for so many years and following it and saying, this is going to be the best video game ever and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, maybe it's not fair to judge it based on that, but I don't think that we did that. I think we, we judged it based on the game that we actually were presented with and the game that we were presented with was, was frankly an insulting mess. Well, right? I, I think what I think uh, we're supposed to, what, what Levine wants us to think is that in another reality that this game is good. And that's what we should be thinking about. The Bioshock Infinite in another reality is the game that he wants it to be. And that's the game we should think it is. That could be. And I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Wait a second. Is my nose bleeding? All right, Joel, do you have anything else about Bioshock Infinite? Uh, An infinite amount of things to complain about, but I think I said enough angry for today. All right. Well, join us again in another month when we talk about another game, and that game will not be Bioshock Infinite. And we won't be angry. Hopefully not. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.